So Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide got a football commitment yesterday. Um, who could be next to commit to Alabama? You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everybody and welcome back into the Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, Alabama got a commitment yesterday from Isaiah Faga. I'm saying that, or Faga, Faga. I've been going with Faga, but I could be wrong. I don't talk to the kids, so we'll see. Like Suzanne Vega? That's what I'm going with. Okay. Well, we'll just meet over at Tom's Diner and talk about it. Um, I don't, not many people will get that reference. But um, so who's next? Who do you think could commit to Alabama next? Now, we've talked about a couple that have dates, like Casey Poe, like Caleb Odom. But uh, there, there's one kid from the Tampa area you think that Alabama has a great shot with at cornerback. Yeah, Jameer Grimsley. Probably down to Alabama, Penn State, Florida State, somewhere somewhere in there. Uh, I think it might be Alabama, Penn State. We're a little bit I'm – no, I'm no geography major, but I think we're a little bit closer to, to home for him who's from Tampa as opposed to uh, – uh, to Pennsylvania, but, you know, we haven't talked about him enough. He Probably for this reason, on three has him ranked a lot higher than the other services. I think on three has him as the 77th best prospect in the country and like the 11th best cornerback, which makes you pretty elite. I mean, any top 100 kid is, is, is elite to me. Uh, I mean, if you're in the top 100, I mean, for instance, if you're on the top 100 of the NFL draft, you went on uh, no, no, no later than Friday night, right? So, I mean, it's pretty, that's pretty elite. Uh, but the other services are a bit behind now. Uh, I think 24-7 has him rated pretty high, somewhere in the hundreds, which makes him a, a blue chip quality prospect for sure, whereas uh, rivals in ESPN uh, don't even have him ranked on their, you know, top 300 or top 250 in rivals case. So that doesn't mean he won't be. I think he will be in their re You know, they do re-rankings and re-watchings too and take into account summer performance, new offers, uh, senior year performance, and then the big all-star games like everyone else. So uh, I, I do think he's going to end up ranked significantly higher. I think he will end up ranked universally where on three already has him now, which is around 77th uh, in the country, and I think he's going to stick somewhere in that neighborhood. This is a, a high-quality corner. Uh, the thing I like best about him is he's long. Uh, I mean, that that's that's – if you, if you want to know what, what really separates good from great as far as the NFL is concerned, it's length at cornerback. Having the longer arms is so much – it's just extremely helpful in man-to-man coverage situations where if you have longer arms, you can, you can get your hands on balls that maybe some other kids couldn't. And he is long. I, I, I think the list is 6'2". Uh, he might even be a little a little taller than that, Luke. I mean, th- this is a, a pretty tall kid. He's also – one thing I, I noticed about Jameer Grimsley, I think sort of funny is most of these kids that we recruit to play football, they've been shaving since they were nine. Jameer Grimsley sort of looks his age, which makes him like really stand out. Like, hey, look, we're recruiting an actual 18-year-old this time, not the 18-year-old <laughs> that looks like they're 36. Not a not – a, I mean, just like uh, what was the old show, uh, Melrose Place, where they had a bunch of 36-year-old people playing 18-year-olds. Yeah. That's right. Um, That's right. Like a 90210. Well, 90210, yeah. 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 Melrose Place. I, I, I knew it was the peach kid. I couldn't remember much else. Um, I was watching 90210. I think I was out of college, and Luke Perry was playing 
and a high school student and he was older than me, you know, but uh, that, that is kind of the way it works. But hey, you know, I kind of live on a college campus. One of the things that blows me away when you just walk around and see students every single day, some of them look like, gosh, are you, are you old enough to be here? And others look like that are the same age that you're like, whoa, you're 30. You know, but I guess it's that's just crazy. the nature, nature of human beings. Yeah, imagine how uh, Ashawn Robinson walks around campus. <laughs> well, <laughs> differently, differently. That's how he walks around campus, differently. With much more, much richer, by the way. Um, Jameer Grimsley, he announced his final eight back on uh, 6-1. He had Oklahoma, Penn State, Michigan, Alabama, South Carolina, Florida, North Carolina. By the way, when you see South Carolina and then you're like, ah, South Carolina is recruiting at a pretty high level right now. I would oh, say yeah. – South Carolina is like borderline top 10-ish recruiting right now. They're doing a heck of a job. Um, he is the 195 overall prospect, number two, number 22 cornerback on the on three industry ranking, the, the composite, so to speak. But with on three itself, he's the number 77 prospect, number 11 cornerback, number 14 player in Florida. So all pretty high accolades, if you ask me. And I, I like a 6-2 cornerback. I mean, look, speed's always important. I mean, there's no doubt you you want to you want your cornerbacks and your receivers to be fast, but length is also important. I think at cornerback, just like you said, if you can just tip the ball, uh, it it means a lot. It, it, if you just get a fingertip on it, it can mean a lot. It can mean the difference between an incompletion and a touchdown. Or just disrupting the view, <laughs> disrupting the view. You know, where, where you get your hands in front of eyes. I mean, not so much face guarding or shielding, but just being longer. And, and, and having your hands reach places other people's hands can't reach. A cornerback's sort of similar, Luke, in terms of speed, very similar to wide receiver. There's an axiom with coaches when they're evaluating film and wide receivers about size and speed at wide receiver. You know, you can be a five foot nine, five foot ten wide receiver in the SEC, but you better run like a four three. You better be really fast. The taller you get, the longer you get, the quote slower you can be, right? So yeah, you can you can run a four six five or four six eight playing wide receiver in this league. But you better be like six four and have a lot of length. So cornerback works the same way. Uh, the taller you are, the longer you are. You don't have to be quite as quick. Uh, so that's uh, kind of how that works, evaluation wise. I mean, it's not like we want Victor Winambaya to be our cornerback, uh, but hey, I would like him to block a kick or two. He'd make he'd make for a good cornerback lengthwise, I promise you. I'm just a little concerned someone would run past him, maybe. maybe. You know, I've, uh, it's funny. Uh, I know everybody's had this conversation before, like at least with little kids. Uh, some of my kids are always going, you know, why don't you just put Shaq in there to block an extra point? Well, I mean, Shaq makes a gazillion dollars doing what he does, and so it's probably not worth it to block one extra point. Uh, to like, risk yeah, the block the extra point guy isn't high on the pay scale, yeah. like, uh, like NBA All-Star. But it it is one of those things where if I were Shaq and I and I were still at LSU, if people don't remember, I think Shaq played three years at LSU. Um, That's right. Which would never happen now. I mean, never. Different time. But, Different uh, time. Yeah. No doubt. But I always did think if I and because Shaq was even back then was a fun loving guy. If he had just thrown on a helmet and you know just a, you know even just the shoulder pads pe women wore in the eighties for their sweaters. If he had just thrown those out there, he'd, he'd lead the league in block kicks. That would have been pretty cool. I don't even know why we're talking about this. I do, I do know why we're talking about bird dogs, though, because we love bird dogs. Hey, I've had more people in the YouTube com 
comments say that they bought some bird dogs because of us. We appreciate you guys a ton. Thank you so much. It's right there underneath birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddogs.com slash locked on college. You can't beat these things. I'm telling you, they will make you feel like your best self. They sculpt your buttocks. Yep, I said it. They sculpt your thighs. Um, and trust me, I'm one of those guys who uh, needs that famous pill, uh, but it all because you have no butt at all. And um, so bird dogs make me look like I have a backside and I appreciate that. I'm telling you, you're going to love them. You go, you can get their polos, you can get their shorts, you can get their pants. Everything is cool. And it's a fun company. Just go check out their website. It's really fun. Birddogs.com slash locked on college, birddogs.com slash locked on college. I promise you, you'll love these things. Go give them a try. And uh, then give us a shout out on the comments and we'll give you a shout out back because we're shouting out like you wouldn't believe over here at Locked on Bama. Tomorrow we're going to talk uh, probably some more countdown. We're going to get to uh, Robbie Oost later on today. Uh, but right now I want to talk about Grant Nelson. We didn't have a moment to talk about him yesterday when uh, Isaiah Faga committed uh, just and then, of course, the Alabama Clemson thing, the, the matchup in basketball, and then we had to get the countdown. So we didn't really talk about Grant Nelson actually officially becoming official. And that's huge news for the Crimson Tide basketball team, because, boy, this team looks a lot different if you don't have Grant Nelson on it. But with Grant Nelson, um, it, it really gives you a ton of hope for next year. And, boy, they're, they're going to need all the all the weaponry they can get because this schedule is just ridiculous. I mean, there's Purdue in Toronto. We've talked about that. Uh, Arizona in Phoenix. There's Creighton in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, by the way, Ty Davis, who is the point guard for Mountain Brook, I think a very good player. I really thought Alabama may end up offering him. Um, and I would, I would have been okay. They may still do it. You're right. I'm okay with it. I'm not also going to pretend that I think he's a top 100 player in the country, but I like him. I like his game a lot. And I've seen him play for Mountain Brook. He's a really, really good player. Um, but I think Creighton's getting a good one. He's the kind of guy that'll go to Creighton and play there for four years. And every time they're in the NCAA tournament, they, they'll say, you know, Ty Davis from Mountain Brook. And we'll go, why didn't we get him? Well, because a lot of people were like, don't get Ty Davis. We can make do better than that. I would take Ty Davis right now. I have no problem saying that. I think he's a good player. Uh, great, he, fit, great fit at Creighton. As soon as he committed to Creighton, I'm like, why does this feel like a great fit? It does. It feels like a really good fit. And then, of course, Clemson is on the schedule, uh, much to my chagrin. But uh, so Alabama's got this very difficult schedule. Ohio State's on the schedule. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, tough run. So we need a lot of weaponry, and we're getting it. Grant Nelson is, you know, almost a 20-point uh, 10 rebound a game guy. Uh, will he duplicate those numbers at the SEC? Probably not. But if you give me 14 and seven, I'll be thrilled to death. Uh, and I think he could actually do more than that. So really happy with the Grant Nelson addition. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure Alabama basketball is done. I know they're looking at a kid uh, that was just tweeted about named Muhammad Wag. I believe that's how you say it, from West Virginia, because West Virginia is having a mass exodus right now. Muhammad Wag is W-A-G-U-E, uh, 6'10", 225 pounds, four points, uh, three rebounds a game. Okay, that doesn't wow you. What should wow you is the 6'10 part. I want somebody yeah. that will stand there and do this with their arms up and block shots right. and be sort of Chuck Mediaco-ish. As much as we've talked about, well, Grant Nelson's the Mediaco replacement, he sort of is in terms of 
welcome I, to the starting lineup, Grant Nelson, and, and welcome to being one of our best players. He replaces Pediaco that way. But this kid from West Virginia sounds like Pediaco. I mean, I'm sure Charles is, is a better player. That's why Charles is where he is and why this kid's in the transfer portal. So Charles is probably a little better. But, uh, hey, with Grant Nelson coming in and bringing, bringing us a lot of offense from a big, here's a guy coming in bringing us a lot of defense for a big. Uh, I, I would like him as a nice piece, uh, but not a guy that's obviously going to be a 25, 30-minute guy that's going to be a, a big part of things. I think he's just sort of a defensive presence off the bench that can give you five fouls, which is sort of what Pringle did a year ago. And, uh, and now Pringle's going to be a bigger part of things this year. Luke, with a starting five, to me, of uh, Sears and Estrada in the backcourt with uh, Rylan Griffin on the wing, Grant Nelson at kind of the stretch four spot, and Nick Pringle as the uh, dunker, as we call that, that center spot. Uh, I, I like that starting five. I really do. I, I'm not going to pencil Alabama into a Final Four. I think that's kind of uh, really exaggerating. But I do think that that – that starting five could could win the SEC. I mean, I, I think they could. Uh, I, I don't know that I'll predict it, but I think they could win the SEC, which is amazing coming off what Alabama lost from the previous season. I'll tell you what, man, it's got to be so exhausting being a bad – I mean, I know football coach takes a lot out of you too because there are more players and a lot more moving parts. But basketball coach, it's got to be so exhausting. Like you feel like if you're Nate Oates, you finally get a minute of, of breathing room and then Javon Quinley's out of here. And you still – or you get a minute of breathing room and Charles Bediaco's like, yeah, I think I'll stay in the draft. And by the way, there was a podcast that just came out about that and they were saying Charles Bediaco made one of the biggest mistakes uh, of the year coming out, which he, he did. I mean, I'm happy for him. Go to San Antonio and, and kick butt. Chuck, we we love you. We we are for you. We're pulling for you. I think it's also fair to say you probably made a mistake. I mean, you probably if you come back, you get an NIL deal and you I would say there's a much higher percentage you get drafted next year. But you want to go do your thing and you do you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he made a huge mistake. That I mean, I, I think he had a narrow opportunity to be an NBA player. And this is, and, and he chose a route that's not going to end in the NBA, as far as far as I'm concerned. Now, maybe so, and no one will root for him. And trust me, it won't be Charles. Please, even uh, call me up and make fun of me to my face when you do make the NBA. Please do, because I'll, I will be happy for you as you do that. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you. But uh, it would be funny. I gotta say. Yeah, if yeah, Jimmy yeah, looked down yeah. and is like, yeah. he's calling me from San Antonio. And, <laughs> and it's just somebody going, hi, hey, FaceTime me real quick. And you're like, okay. <laughs> it's just Charles Betty Acker going, ha, 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 ha. And the finger, the finger <laughs> wag. <laughs> Black shot. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I hope he does. And I will I will say, I agree with you. I was terrible. No, but, uh, no I just want the best. That's why I think it's a mistake and why I get a little upset about it is because I want the best for the kid. I, I want things to work out for the kid, which is why I think it was a mistake. Uh, but regardless of that, Alabama's going to be fine. Look, it, it's sort of true. You just said you started that with, you know, feel sorry for these coaches. Doesn't it feel like now that we're an elite program that Alabama's in this situation? And by the way, it's been the situation Kentucky's been in for years. Yeah. But it feels like this. Okay, we're going to lose our starting five because they're all going pro, and we're going to lose the whole bench because they're transferring somewhere for minutes. And every year, it's a brand-new team because we lost the starters to the NBA and we lost the bench to the portal. That's what it feels like. 
and but it's it's more difficult at Alabama because at Kentucky right. it's like, okay, soon as all right, we lost all our starters, but the top five players in the country all want to visit here. And while we have made it where top five players do want to visit us, it is harder to get them here. I mean, I, we readily admit that. Same, it's reversal in football. I mean, we all understand that. Sure. Um, yeah. But but the, and the other thing that I thought about is like these basketball coaches and football coaches really, who have been getting these. I mean, like they've been waiting for their opportunity to be the head guy, right? Because they've seen these guys get monster checks and some of them just fall on their faces and then fall out of a well and get checks to go away like Byron Har- Brian Harson or whatever. Um, I mean, if you're Nate Oates, you're like, wait a minute. When I signed on here, I was told I'd be egregiously overpaid. <laughs> I'm making exactly what I need to be making right now, if not less. You know, he's like, I'm working harder than I thought I would. I should be like in compare relative to what some of these other coaches have had to go through and my work effort. I should be getting another two or three million dollars where people are saying he's not earning his paycheck because I'm definitely earning my paycheck right now. Um, All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Robbie Eats. And we're back. We're going to talk about Robbie Eats, just like I said. Here he is, right here. Oh my God, how did I do that? How did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I just put a picture in. Well, there he is. He's a guest on the show. It's like he's here. <laughs> it's like you. It's like, um, hey, hey, Robbie, uh, you there with us today? Yeah, I'm here. What can you do for you? Uh, okay. How did your audition for the the backup role on the guy who kidnaps the mayor's daughter on season three, episode six of the A Team go? It went quite well. Thanks. <laughs> he does look like the guy that B.A. Baracus would beat the hell out of later on in the episode. I'm just going to flash him up there occasionally for those who are looking on the just occasionally oh, when Jimmy's talking. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> I think it ought to be the running gag that you flash that up there at random. Like we're not even talking about Robbie. Use. We're, we're even talking about basketball or talking about the last movies we saw. And then, boom, he's right there. And, and he's like the he is the, the Rick Astley. It's like the Rick roll. You Robbie rolled us. You know, that's what we'll say. That'll be the new thing. Oh, I got Robbie rolled. But uh, no. Uh, hey, one thing about Oost is he's a good player. Uh, I, I know he doesn't have – see, the thing about tight ends is you're, you're either – unless you're a freak, you're either a pass catcher or a blocker. Okay? You're, one, you're, you're sort of one or the other unless you're a freak. Uh, he's a blocker. He's not the pass catcher. Well, we've also seen him miss blocks. So – so a lot of fans are like, well, this guy's not that that great. Well, most of the time he actually gets his guy blocked. Most of the time he's pretty good. And what makes Robbie special and, and why I think we're going to see Robbie more than anyone expects is this reason. Uh, he's built like an inline guy. He's actually like 6'4 or 6'5, 255 pounds. This is a big dude. He's built like an inline guy. And he plays in line, and he does okay. But for whatever reason, Luke, he's an even better blocker in space when you line him up at that fullback spot or that H-back slot or even out wide where he blocks down on some screens. He's really good at that. And that's rare to find a guy built like a Y that's a good blocker from the H spot. I think Robbie helps make up an impressive tight end group sure we don't have Brock Bowers we don't have that freak from Texas who might also be a first round pick 
But what we got is four tight ends who are all bringing something a little different to the table. Just imagine if Robbie Oost and Amari Nablack were one guy. They're not. They're obviously two, two guys. But, man, if you get the physical presence of Robbie and the pass-receiving wizardry of Amari Nablack, you have a heck of a player. We don't have that, but we got the next best thing. You got two guys. You got to mix and match them at the age spot. Man, I love I'm getting used Listen, to this already. Jimmy, you it's gotta, the best tag we've had since I dropped the phone in the garbage can. But if you would please like fix your head where it's just behind him. Can you do it? No, you're not you're going the wrong way with this thing. Go you're going there now, you've been overcorrected. You gotta be right in the middle. Okay. Now it's like I am interviewing Robbie Oost, and he's just so cool he doesn't even move his mouth when he talks. He's like, That's Hey Robbie, I mean, what do you think about how much playing time you think you'll get this year? All of it. Man, I love you, Robbie. Keep up the good work and the mustache. Talk to you later, buddy. Thanks, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that mustache is something to behold. I mean, oh, I love it. My, his mustache is my favorite player on the team. <laughs> you know, he does. He does harken back to the days when people would talk about uh, Chuck Norris and say, you know, Chuck Norris's te tears cure cancer. Too bad he never cries. You know that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> Uh, but boy, that is a that is a picture. And when you compare that to some of the other pictures I found of him, and I didn't download any of them because that picture just swooned me. Good. Um, yeah, it's like he's he's my third favorite player on the football team, but my favorite character in Deadwood. <laughs> anyway, I think he can be a contributor this year. And look, if you remember the Iron Bowl last year, I mean, people remember he had a nice catch. Here's the other thing about him: he's more athletic than you think, but but you don't think he's that athletic because you've seen him play football. If you don't watch him play football, if you've watched him like his high school tape, there was like a lot of uh, dunking a lot. He's a, good basket. he's a good basketball player. Yeah. That's why I think he's good in space. He's got really good feet. I think he's also got good hands. This is a kid that I think we just underrate. He, it, it, don't expect too much. If you don't expect too much, you're underrating him. I mean, he, he can really help us. He's he, But, again, he's a piece. He's not the centerpiece. He's a piece. And and I think he's going to really help us. I think Dupree, Lewis, Oost, and Nablack together form one of the better tight end situations in the whole country. I really believe that. Uh, it's just up to Joe Cox and Tommy Reese to sort of um, maximize that group because there's a lot of strengths there. No, that's a, that's a good point, like – None of our tight ends, I don't think, will be all SEC. But the three together will perform as if they were an all SEC player. I think we'll get good play out of the tight end spot. Consistent blocking and surprisingly productive receiving, particularly from Dupree and Nyblack as receivers and Lewis and, and Oost as blockers. But see, the thing is, Lewis and, and Oost are sort of underrated as receivers. And I think Nyblack and Dupree are going to shock people with their blocking, particularly Dupree. He's a really good blocker. Nyblack is improving. Nyblack actually played a lot this spring. People don't know, at the Y spot. You know, we're like, hey, he's got to get bigger, stronger. He doesn't just move around. Nyblack can line up at the Y spot and be that third tackle and, and sort of now get a, a reasonable job done there. And, and I think if any of them, morph into a, a top tier NFL prospect. It'll be Nyblack. Uh but I'll also don't rule out Dupree uh being a uh a Latu type success this season. 
All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's pod. We'll be back uh, very soon with more podcasting action on Locked on Bama. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.